my god (laughs) welcome to depressed and shit where conversations on mental health don't have to look or sound any one specific way i am your host leah matta and i am not a therapist no 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 no, and this is not a substitute for therapy no (laughs) we simply Make space, hold space for casual conversation on mental health, depression, and all that shit, and embrace the funny and the not-so-funny moments equally, because that is real life, y'all. Today, we are talking a topic that is very closely linked to depression, to emotional pain, to trauma, sometimes trauma, and can sometimes be triggering for folks. I really want to immediately acknowledge that. And that topic that we're talking today is self-harm, also sometimes referred to as self-injury, which can take many physical forms. But the story today does involve cutting. And we're diving into it with respectful and open arms, recognizing that like so many topics we cover on this show, purposefully cover, this topic of self-harm has just a ton of stigmas attached to it. And considering the fact that 17% of people, that's a high ass number, 17% of all people across 40 countries will self-harm in their lifetime. Considering that number, 17, let's attempt together to not be so afraid to talk about it. Meet Destiny Jones, who is not afraid to talk about it because she's been through it. And she's been through those waves, the waves of what do I do? Do I tell people what I'm going through? Do I reach out for help? What the hell will they say if I tell them all those sort of nerve wracking what ifs? You should also know that Destiny fresh out of high school, on her way to college, has just started a podcast of her own on mental health. Welcome to the club, Destiny. This college freshman is already killing it, and it is called A Thousand Wishes. You can find the link in the show notes. Hey, if you dig this show, if it makes you think, makes you feel, whatever, please drop us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Just open the app, scroll down, and hit those five purple stars. It will literally take you three seconds. Thank you. All right. Let's get into the show, y'all. Here's Destiny. Jones, welcome to Depressed and Shit. Thank you so much for coming on this morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. So tell us about yourself. Where are you currently at on your life's journey, like school or work, the pandemic even, all that stuff? I think right now what I'm I'm really focusing on myself and I I really just am trying my best to just be happy and enjoy every experience that comes my way uh, with school. I graduate in a few weeks. So I'm really excited about that. I'm working a little part-time job and the pandemic, it was rough at first, but I think I'm starting to adjust to it. And where do you live? You're based in Virginia? Yes, ma'am. I am. Nice. I have never been. (laughs) I just recently visited California. It was was really nice. Oh man. Yes. (laughs) 
did I hope you got some good weather. You probably did. It's been gorgeous here. Yes, it was great weather. We went yeah. for a spring break. So oh cool. Was your last year of high school virtual? Yes, completely virtual. It was it was definitely different, but the end of my eleventh grade year was also virtual, so it wasn't too much of an adjustment. Man, that's wild. Is your graduation that's coming up also virtual then? So that is gonna be in person. Oh it's gonna be a formal outside in person one. So how do you feel the, about that? I feel great about it. I'm really excited. A lot of people are a little iffy about it being outside, but I mean, thinking that I wasn't going to have a high school graduation, I'm okay with anything that's in person, really. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm surprised to hear that people are bummed about the outsideness of it. <laughs> you know, just it might be hot, but I, I feel like it's, it's okay. <laughs> Totally. Totally. So you have just begun this journey with a new podcast called A Thousand Wishes, which you write is a podcast to help others understand mental health and show those who struggle with it that they aren't alone. What inspired you to start a podcast about mental health and about your life right now in this moment? I think it was just one of my really close friends. We would always have conversations and she would always be like, there's this podcast, there's this podcast, and it kind of sparked an interest in me. I was like, if you're learning so many, so much things from these other people, like what can, what can I give to other people about the things that I've been through with mental health? Is it mostly going to be you? Are you going to have guests on occasionally or what's the plan? No, it, it was just going to be me, but I, after doing this, I think I will definitely be open to having guests on my show. I think that's something that would be very nice because my experiences, yes, but I am also so young. So I think having other people's experiences will help as well. That's a good point. Sometimes it's like <laughs> our own story. Mm-hmm. Like we like run out of content after. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I don't want it to get boring or repetitive. And I think, yes, I feel as though I have a lot to say, but I know others definitely do as well. That's awesome. When would you say the phrase mental health or even just the idea of it? first came into your life? Was it something that anyone ever talked to you about or you learned about in school or you stumbled across somewhere else? What, what, what do you think? I would say that I, I really didn't understand or really think too much about it until I started dealing with things myself. Yes, mm. I would hear it there, here and there, but it was always used so loosely, in my opinion. People would just throw mental health around and say, oh, I have good mental health, bad, I do this and that, but I never really understood it. And I feel like it's, it's very hard to understand it when you don't go through things yourself, or if you don't really know anyone that goes through things that are necessarily like negative. Some people go through very positive things, so they have a good mental health. But I think when you have a negative mental health, it just kind of, it messes up with you. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. It is so hard to understand mental health (laughs) struggles when you haven't been through them because yeah that's so true it's oftentimes so different from physical health because we just you can't literally see it with your two eyes right someone could look happy every single day but you know they're struggling inside and I think that's what really sucks about mental health you just never really know yeah exactly you just never really know did it ever come up in any like health classes or like lifestyle classes you had to take in school? So my school doesn't really require those type of classes. Since the pandemic, they have been a little bit more on top of it. We have these things called 
wellness Wednesdays, which are just mm-hmm. kind of a break from school, just, you know, to get yourself together in a way and have like a me day. Mm-hmm. And I think those are those are great. But I think if I would have had things like that a little earlier on, my mental health didn't begin because of the pandemic. It began way before it. So I think mm-hmm. having it now, once I'm a lot better, it it helps, yes, but not as much as it could have if I've had it in the past. Yeah, that makes sense. You didn't have school on Wednesdays, like totally? Yeah, just for this year. We they started wellness Wednesdays this year. So on Wednesdays it was just kind of a, a free day to Man. work or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that sounds sweet. I feel like jobs could adopt that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely nice. That's that's really interesting. I'm I'm proud of the school for taking for making a decision to do something like that because it's so important. And like, yeah, you're sort of compromising the schooling, the academics a little bit. But this Mm -hmm. past year was just so weird and so complicated that I actually think it's a really big deal that your school did that. Yes, it it definitely does mean a lot, especially me struggling with my mental health. So I think them even taking that step to to show those people that they do appreciate them and that they see them. It's it's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So you referenced the fact that your mental your struggles with mental health started before the pandemic and your story with mental health involves self-harm. It's one of the things that we're here to talk about today. When you first started having these urges to self-harm or like these thoughts about it going through your mind, what was going on in your life? What kind of anxieties were you perhaps going through? I think what started it is that I was just becoming older and I was maturing. So I was becoming more self-aware and mm-hmm. aware of my surroundings and the people that are involved with my life. When I was younger, as a child, you just don't really pay attention as much as to people's opinions and what they may think of you. You're just, you know, trying to live your life. And I, I think as I got older, it was just like I was comparing myself to so many people and I felt like I fell short of those people. So it's like my confidence was just becoming lower and lower. Yeah. Yeah. You were about what, 14 or 15? Yeah, I would say about 14, 15. Yes. Okay, cool. So like early in your high school track. Yeah, I would say it probably started sophomore year. Sophomore year. Okay. Yes. You had shared with me that you turned to self-harm because your other coping mechanisms simply didn't work. What were some of those other coping mechanisms that you did turn to that, you know, were perhaps on the more positive side versus the, what we call more negative side of coping mechanisms? I would definitely say art. Um, I've been involved with art since I was um, a little girl and it's, it definitely has my heart and I'm very passionate about it, but it's just when you're in that negative mindset, you don't always have the energy to do the things that you love. Like I love watching movies. I don't always have the energy to do those things. Cause if you're in a negative mindset, you're, you're not going to want to push yourself or force yourself to do things that can even, you know, positively like change your life or better your mood. So mm-hmm. I guess it just, it, it saddened me in a way when something I loved, I didn't even want to do. So it, that really just opened my eyes and, and showed me that, wow, you really are suffering because you love to draw, you love to paint, but you don't even want to do that because you're so sad all the time. Mm-hmm. Man, yes, I know that feeling. And it's so frustrating. It's like 
you know, you have in front of you, you know, what usually makes you feel good and you do love that thing, but there's like a disconnect, like working at the energy to do that thing. You just can't muster it. Like, right. Yeah, man, you turn to self-harm because things like art simply didn't work. I got actually, you beat me to my next question. I was going to say, can you describe? Oh. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. I was going to say, can you describe that feeling like the desire to turn to self-harm? My my friend had opened up with me about um, her self-harm urges. And this was probably in ninth grade, my freshman year, before I began struggling with mine. And I guess I was just very confused. I was like, why would she why would she do that to herself? You know, and it's not like I was judging her. I wasn't judging her at all, but it was, I was, it was a lot of confusion there. And it was just like, anytime I see her, she was, she was always so bubbly and happy. And it's just like, when she opened up to me and said that she was, she wasn't doing well, I guess I was, I was really shocked. And when Mm -hmm. she told me that, I think when art failed, I jumped to that because I'm like, okay, maybe this will help. Of course, it won't help in the long term, but I just want something to to make the pain go away or to just make me feel a little better because art just wasn't doing it for me. At what point did you realize, or maybe you sort of knew it the whole time, but I'm curious, at what point did you realize that this coping mechanism of self-harm was a negative one or something that wasn't good and healthy for you and that maybe you needed to find other options or find some support for yourself? I think it was the the repetition of it. I, I guess the first time I did it, I thought, okay, I'm I'm about to cut. I've I've done it, and the next day I would feel the same exact way. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. I was self I would do self harm and then I would feel better the next day and everything, all my problems were solved. It was an everyday thing or an every week thing, and I saw that. I'm still doing this action, but I still feel the same exact way. So this is not helping me in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long did you deal with these feelings to, to self-harm for? Probably about a year and a half. So all of 10th grade throughout the summer. And I was still suffering in 11th grade, but I, I wasn't self-harming anymore. So what was that process of overcoming the urge? It was a really a long, a long process. And it was very stressful at times. But it's just, if I see something that I'm doing is not helping me, what's the point of continuing doing it? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the only reason I started is because I thought it would help me in a way, even mm-hmm. though that may seem, you know, why would you think self-harm would help you? It's just, that's how that's how down I was I the thing that I loved was not helping me so I turned to the negative things Mm. but then you were able to sort of grow out of it yes I was I I would probably credit that to my friends and my family Mm -hmm. and right before well right after my 17th birthday throughout the whole time my parents didn't know about it okay so my 17th birthday, I finally opened up to them because I was like, I no longer, you know, want to live my life in this way. Mm-hmm. So they were very supportive. And I guess I was just very upset as to how they would take it and how they would feel. But they were 
so supportive with open arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it just it made me it made me want to stop because they said they they wouldn't know what they would do without me, and I can't imagine putting my parents through that. So it's really for them, and it's for my it's for my friends, my family, my siblings, for everyone. That's really amazing. Community is so powerful, and and intimate relationships are so powerful. You know, I was going to ask you if throughout this period of your life when you were self-harming, did did other people in your life know? But it sounds like you were really sort of alone or, or in the dark about it until you were 17. Right. I really, I really shut everyone out. And I guess that they may be, you know, a side effect, a side effect of it. It's mm-hmm. just, you, you feel like there's no one to turn to. And of course, I know that I have people in my life that are there for me and love me. It's, you have to understand that it's, it's, it's a mind changing experience and you're not in the right mindset or in the right headspace. So it causes you to think differently. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even though you have those people in your life, it's like your subconscious is telling you that you're alone and that you don't have anyone and no one loves you. No one cares about you. Mm-hmm. You had referenced a friend that confided in you when you were younger, like almost before you started having the feelings to self-harm that she was having those feelings too. Did she know throughout or, or, or no? No, she didn't. She didn't know when I say no one knew, no one really knew. Got it. I, I did open up to my close friends after the fact, after I stopped, that's when I began opening up to people. But while it was occurring, I, I didn't. Do you still experience the feelings to self-harm occasionally? Yes, it definitely is a, a everyday struggle. Just like you have, you have good days, you have bad days. But I think that's the, my mind, it definitely, it goes there at times, but you really have to like brush it off and let it, let it roll off your back and say, you've been through this before. Why are you going to, you know, go down the same journey that, that didn't help you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad that your family is supportive and and there for you now. That's it's easy for me from my external perspective to be like, well, of course your family's going to support you on this. Mm-hmm. Like you're in pain. Like from my perspective, it's it seems obvious, right? But when you're in it, it's so much more scary because you don't know if people are going to understand or anything like that. And I think that's the that's a big part of it is just the being able to understand and if people are are willing to even understand or to hear you out then it it just it helps a lot but once they say okay I don't want to understand or I don't know how to understand it kind of there's a disconnect there Mm because that's the first step of you know trying to to learn about mental health is just trying to understand that person Mm -hmm. how Obviously, you're on this podcast now sharing your story, but how in your daily life, how open are you about these experiences that you've had with your mental health with anyone that you encounter? Is it something that you just keep mostly with your, you know, like reliable friends and family? Is it something that's come up in other spaces in your life? I am pretty open with it just because it's kind of out there um, on social media now because I recently celebrated my two years self-harm free. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Congrats. Amazing. Thank you. you. So it's kind of out there 
but I think since it's it's been so long even though two years isn't too long it it's it's been so long that I I'm ready to open up mm-hmm. and even though it's scary and I, I may still get a little emotional during those conversations I feel like it's it's necessary but you've had that sort of space of time to process it and feel ready to talk about it with people. Yes. I'm not the type of person, you know, that's just going to go around and, you know, just just say it outright like that. But if someone definitely asks or is is I feel as though they're genuine with it and not just wanting to pry, then I definitely will try and help those people and open up in any way if it may help them totally. or if they want to understand. Yes, totally. What were the responses like when you posted on social media, which is a very different platform from like talking in person with your friends and family? Did you get responses on there? Yes, I have um, a a few family members on my social media. Not a lot. I have a few and um, I haven't formally opened up about it to my family other than, you know, my parents or the people in my household. But as far as like aunts and uncles and cousins, they, they were, they're very supportive. And I guess it was, it was more so, no, I didn't have any negative, you know, any negative feedback on it. Everyone was just supportive and I guess kind of surprised just because I always seem like I, I know what I want. I know what I'm doing. And that's, that's just how I carry myself. I don't, just because I'm suffering, I don't want to, to bring that into the world. I still yeah. want to yeah. be my best person. Yeah, that's turning out to be like a big theme of this episode that I really, really appreciate that the external does not automatically equal the internal, you know, for what we see going on outside with people is not necessarily like a clear indicator of what they're experiencing inside. Yes, I definitely agree. What are your you mentioned art? What are your positive coping mechanisms now when you experience anxieties and, and difficult times? How, how are positive coping mechanisms a part of your life now these days? It would probably be the, the people in my life. Um, I still draw occasionally. It's not an, an everyday thing. But um, when, mm-hmm. of course, when I have the energy, I, I turn to art. And right now, I just I watch movies, FaceTime people, text people. I try to occupy myself in, in any way. What does the future hold for you? How are you feeling about the immediate future? I'm very excited. I'm I feel ready. Um, a few, if you would have talked to me a few months ago, I, I would have been nervous and saying I don't know what I want to do or oh, yeah. where I'm gonna go or anything. But I I really do feel ready, and I thought that I wasn't gonna be ready for college or the next chapter in my life, but I I definitely am. Do you have a specific major in mind or are you going in just open right now? Right now I'm going to major in psychology and journalism. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I love uh, psychology. Yes. <laughs> yes, psychology. Um that it may change. I definitely am open, you know, if if I have something an uh, interest in something else, I definitely will take that. I'm not just 100% psychology, but that's that's what's interesting to me right now. Totally. That's great. And I mean, that combination of majors makes immediate sense to me as as podcasters of mental health. I feel like that's exactly what we are. We're journalists of mental health. Of course, who knows? Like nothing is set in stone, but these are just Mm -hmm. interests you're having now. You're totally right. Things could change. But I'm just saying that that combination of majors, it makes a lot of sense to me. That's kind of why I picked it is because 
I, you know, I, I love to write and psychology is something that kind of isn't an everyday thing and everyone kind of dabbles in it. So I think it'll be great for me. I've always thought that regardless of what you do for work or what your interests are, I've always thought that everyone should take at least a basic intro to psych class because it can be so beneficial in your life right? in so many ways, helping your friends, your family, help working with a team at work, like understanding the basics of psychology can be so helpful for so many different avenues other than just becoming like a therapist or like a psych researcher. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that they just see psychology as this one thing as, you know, listening to people's problems. That's the route that, but it, it can be so much more. And just like you said, it can help in, in relationships and friendships and just in your life in general. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a neuroscience class online right now with the, a local community college here in LA. And honestly, it's also just like cool knowing how the brain works. <laughs> like, I was also looking at that. I just, I don't know. It seems interesting, but I, I don't know. It is. It's really interesting. It's like when I feel an emotion, I know now what part of the brain is doing that. And wow, <laughs> when I, you know, and when I make a certain decision, like I know probably what part of the brain helped with that. Like, so mm-hmm. it's, it's like nerdy stuff, but <laughs> I still really like it. No, I, I love it. I was <laughs> That, that is interesting. If someone listening to this episode were to be having the urge to self-harm or has had, you know, they're, they're in pain, they're going through something, or maybe they've experienced an intense moment or a trauma, right? And they're feeling the urge to possibly self-harm. What would be a message you'd want to share with them as support? A message or, or a recommendation, something they do? I would probably just have them to to think about all the things that they, that they want to do in their life. And that's, that was a big thing for me. It's just, if something would have went wrong, you know, years ago, I wouldn't have graduated. I wouldn't have made it to my 17th or 18th birthday. I wouldn't, you know, just do the things that I've always dreamt about doing. And whether you're younger or you're older, think about maybe you want to get married. Maybe you want to have children or you, there's a business you want to start. Just if you were to self-harm and something was to go wrong or um, even commit suicide even because, you know, that it leads to that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Just think about all the things that you have just been looking forward to your whole life. Think about how much you want to do those things. Mm -hmm. Have you ever pursued any more like, like medical forms of support, like groups, group therapy or anything like that? No, I, I haven't. And, I wouldn't say there's necessarily a, a reason why I totally at the, t- at the time I didn't really think it would help mm-hmm. after I opened up to my parents. They definitely recommended it and even suggested it. But I think where I'm at right now that it's not a necessity. It's not really a need for me to do it just because I'm doing so well. Totally. And I get that. I I think things like groups and group therapy and, and individual therapy can be really, really helpful for people. It's been helpful for me in certain times of my life, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it's like the end all be all, like you must do this for everyone. Right. But I, I think I would, I would probably try if you, if I tried X, Y, and Z and, and none of those worked and I kind of didn't really know what else to do. I think I would definitely be open to it and trying it. Got it. Turning to like a fresh face. Right. 
thank you so much for coming on depressed and shit destiny thank you so much yeah you're so welcome i can't wait to get this message out there Depressed and Shit was recorded in a real, live bedroom in Los Angeles, California. Music by Eric England, logo designed by Carrie Weiss, produced and hosted by Real Honest Batch, Liamata. Do you have reactions to today's episode? Do you have an experience with mental health you'd like to share? Or are you the baby angel from the heavens that wants to donate to cover administrative costs and all that fun shit? Email us at depressedandshitpodcast at gmail.com. No asterisk here, folks. That's just the logo. Shit is spelled S-H-I-T. Bye-bye. To repeat, depressedandshitpodcast at gmail.com. See you next Wednesday.